can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. Yes, believe it or not, I'm back. You thought you could get rid of me, but life reared its ugly head and I jumped back into the pool. Hi, everybody. This is Wayne Ivasich, formerly with Taylor Technologies, retired since September. And I am pleased and obviously humbled to be joining the Talking Pools podcast team on Thursdays, appropriately named Testing Thursdays with Wayne. So, what is this all about? Well, first of all, let's tell everybody a little bit about me who don't necessarily know that much about me. Again, my name is Wayne Ivasich. I was with Taylor Technologies out of Sparks, Maryland for 31 years. That's 31 years of testing and chemistry. Did a variety of jobs there at Taylor over the years, but most importantly, I was the manager for education and technical services at Taylor, an all-encompassing job, which which <laughs> covered a lot of stuff, obviously. In that position, not only did I teach a lot at various trade shows and other venues, health departments, things like that, but I also handled all of the emails and calls that came into Taylor with customers asking testing questions. And these questions could be from homeowners. They could be from service people, from health officials, uh, pretty much anybody involved in the pool and spa industry. I've pretty much heard it all <laughs> over the years. I think between all of us with talking pools, I don't think there's a question we really haven't, haven't heard yet. But I do have to share with you two very quick stories before I continue. These are my top two odd technical calls. I've ever gotten in my life. And these, I swear on my life and my wife's life and my family's life that these are absolutely, tr absolutely true. The number one tech question I got was, oh, a, at least 20 plus years ago, had a guy call up, a service tech call up and wanted to know, Wayne, how many milliliters are in a 25 milliliter test cell? Okay, I'll just let that sink in for a moment before you go, what? Yeah, how many milliliters in a 25 milliliter test cell? The the second one I actually thought was a prank call by my customer service staff at Taylor back then. This call was, again, uh, probably about 10 years ago now. And I had a young lady from California, and that will kind of be explained in a moment, call me up and very seriously ask me, Mr. Wayne, um, in the event of a zombie apocalypse, can I drink my pool water? Again, I'll wait a couple seconds for that to sink in. I wouldn't joke about anything else that happens here tonight. And I very, very graciously said, well, let me put you on hold ju just for a moment. Put her on hold. And I leaned out of my office and I said, okay, who's the ace mm, hole? 
who just sent, did prank me, who just sent me this. And they're going, we have no idea. And turned out it was an actual person calling about zombies and stuff. So I got back on the phone after, uh, you know, intercomming myself. And I said, well, ma'am, obviously you're a fan of The Walking Dead, aren't you? And she said, oh, yes, I love that show. So I just want to be prepared just in case. <sighs> yeah, you're from California. It kind of figures, doesn't it? Sorry, guys out there. Anyhow, I said, well, yes, you could drink your pool water as long as you properly maintained it. It's not going to kill you. Uh, just don't let any zombies fall in the water. Oh, the calls I've gotten over the years. Oh, there's some other ones, like how red is red? Well, it's red. Yeah, but how red? Red. <laughs> it, nah, never mind. I could fill a book. As you can see, I've gotten a lot of questions and, and emails over the years. In Even before emails and uh, existed or cell phones existed, I would get the calls and, and things like that. So it, it's it's been a real trip. Started with Taylor at in 1991. Um, so again, pre-cell phone, pre-internet, pre-pretty much everything. Yes, squirrels were running the engines in the manufacturing area of the company. <laughs> so I, uh, over the years, it's been fun. Uh, it's been painful sometimes as far as answering these questions. But I guess the more important thing is that, hey, I'm answering these questions. People are calling. People have questions. And it's not just looking them up in, in a book or or in a little booklet or that comes in a test kit or some piece of paper. It's it's actually talking to a human being, and 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 that's what I always have always prided myself on. I'd, I'd rather speak to people on a one on one basis about issues that they might be having. That's why I, I really enjoyed trade shows and teaching at trade shows. I used to do. Oh, gosh, pretty much every trade show out there. I mean, obviously, the international show, we just got back from that last month. The Pool Industry Expo in Monterey, the um, Everything Under the Sun show in Orlando, who went by two previous names, Florida show, Orlando show, way back in the day. Uh, the Southeast show, the Southwest show, the Atlantic City show, the Mid-America show. I pretty much have done them all over the years. And teaching at these venues uh, allows me that one-on-one -on -one interaction because as an instructor, as an educator, the the value that you get by actually looking at somebody and talking to them is is invaluable. I mean, sure, yeah, I can talk to people over the phone or answer an email every now and then, but you just don't get that. Personalization is not the word necessary, but you get that connection, I think, a better one-on-one. -on -one. However, here I am on a podcast. Ta-da! Uh, so it's a little bit of a different world out there. So hopefully, as I continue to do these for every Thursday, we will obviously cover a lot of ground, uh, not just about testing and chemistry, but uh, other topics we can touch on. Some of some of these topics might have even been covered by, by others in the Talking uh, Pools podcast group. But, you know, uh, repetition is a good thing. Sometimes you have to beat it into people's brains um, over the many, many times before they finally get it. The little light bulb goes off over the head. And let me tell you, as an educator and a teacher and instructor, uh, those of you who do that, you know when that happens. You just see the little light bulb go off, it, just like a cartoon. Among other things that, that I do and might be of value to you is that, obviously, I am a CPO, Certified Pool Operator. I have been since 97. 
I became a, a certified pool operator instructor in 2003. And uh, since then, I have been teaching the class uh, over the years. I don't teach that many classes, say, as, as Rudy does, our friend Rudy, but I do, I do get my hand in there. In 2007, I was asked to join the uh, education uh, committee for then NSPF. And what this committee does, uh, did and does currently, it's renamed now, it's called the Instructor Assessment Committee, is that we actually teach people how to teach the CPO course. And I know that sounds kind of wonky, but it's actually true because, you know, you can have a tremendous knowledge base in, in your brain and, and have all these years of experience out in the field or, or working for a manufacturer. But if you don't have the intrinsic ability to be able to communicate properly, communicate your, your knowledge, your thoughts, your ideas, whatever, then you might just might as well shoot yourself in the foot. You have to have the ability to convey the information so that, you know, the person or people that you're talking to get it or understand it. It's that old, uh, you probably learned in the high school, you know, sender receiver thing where, you know, me as the instructor, the sender uh, sends, uh, conveys information to the receiver. That would be the per student. And then the receiver acknowledges it. If, if you don't have that ability to, to do that, I mean, you might as well not even, not even try. Over the years that I've been uh, part of the uh, instructor assessment committee, there have been a large number of what we call on the committee naturals. These are people who are comfortable speaking in front of other people, can convey the information. Uh, the, the receiver, the student understands it or is guided to, to an answer, that kind of thing. And it's a beautiful thing when it happens. Unfortunately, that's the um, rarity of the instructor's course is that a lot of times we don't get these kind of people. So we take we take pleasure in finding naturals every now and then. And yes, we, we talk behind the students' backs. We have to. The um, people who are not naturals find it very difficult to convey the information. Uh, and in fact, we're often um, on the committee, we're often surprised and not in a good way about the lack of knowledge that these so-called instructors have because they pass the CPO course, you know, which yes, I know it's a, it's a multiple guess, open book kind of thing. But believe me, we've had people fail that test. They, they should know this information, but it's blatantly obvious they don't. And they try to BS the instructor uh, or the proctor, which is the number one rule that you should not ever, ever do is try to BS us because we know better. We know all the tricks. And it's, it's very disheartening to see somebody crash and burn. And we try to help them as much as we can. But, you know, if they just don't have it, they don't have it. So... You know, they, they can take the course again or, or whatnot, but, but, and, and that's true for any kind of a certification course, not just CPO and, and, but, but all, all the other ones out there that, that are available to, to, um, people who serve as pools, that the information is out there. And yeah, learning it's kind of a pain in the ass, but, uh, you, you, by, by, by learning this information through education, you, you become a better person, not only, within your industry, but in and of yourself. I mean, I've, I've learned that over the years too.
Oh, and, and I do want to mention that uh, I am an open book. So if there are any topics or anything specific that you would like me to cover in upcoming uh, broadcasts uh, every Thursday, please, please, please email them to the following email address. It is talkingpools at gmail.com. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-G-P-O-O-L-S at gmail.com, talkingpools at gmail.com. Please send them and they will be forwarded to me and I will co cover them in, in upcoming broadcasts. Hopefully we'll be able to get everybody's comments and suggestions uh, on board so that everybody else can hear it. I know that in, in some states, particularly Florida and Texas and California and places like that, it's required uh, that anyone who works on a commercial slash public pool have some kind of certification that displays to the health department that the, the person who has that certification knows what they're doing, or at least the hope is that they know what they're doing. Florida is very, very, I won't say strict, because that connotes meanness. Some people probably say mean anyhow. But Florida is very aware of the importance of education and appropriate certification in pretty much all aspects of commercial uh, pools. Not talking necessarily about, you know, your, your one polar or your, you know, your your small service company that does um, home pools, but I'm talking about those that work on the large commercial properties, public pools, things of that nature. And Florida does require certain certifications for home pools too. It's always good if you're in a state that that does not require uh, certification. Uh, it's always a good idea to get it anyhow. Uh, where I'm from in Maryland, where I'm broadcasting from. Uh, it's required that that you do have some kind of certification, uh, and and in the code here in Maryland, it specifically mentions the certified pool operator course. There's another one called pool ops that is only um, given in the state of Maryland. It's kind of like CPO, but not as uh, involved. Maybe that's the best way to put it. As um, uh, CPO is, uh, some other states have no certification whatsoever. Uh, I believe, I could be wrong on this, but I believe that there are 35 states that require some kind of certification, whether it's specifically, whether sort of CPO is specifically mentioned in the code or some other certification course, doesn't matter. But 35 states, you know, so that means that there are 15 states out there that have no requirement for certification or for proof that the person working on the pool or spa knows what they're doing. And that to me is pretty sad. Uh, it should be pretty much across the board, particularly nowadays. The, the importance of, of proper maintenance and is critical. You know, we're, we're getting, we're slowing down, not getting rid of quite yet, but we're slowing down with the whole COVID thing and other things are cropping up. So 
because of that, people stayed home. And because people stayed home, they used their home pools more. And because they used their home pools more, they think they're, they, these homeowners are thinking, hey, I can do this myself. Well, no, they probably can't. Or else if they try to do it, they screw it up. I can't tell you how many times I've had to tell people, well, I think the ultimate solution to your problems is drain the pool and start from fresh because you've really ruined it. And that's an unfortunate reality. Jumping back on, on a commercial level, these states that don't require certification, you have to kind of wonder what, what's going on in their, their little brains. I, and if I remember correctly, and, and I could be wrong, but if I remember correctly, Iowa is one of them. Um, I believe Missouri is another one. Um, uh, I want to say North and South Dakota also are two others. It, it, in any case, not having the requirement is is damaging to the public because you can get anybody out there with a net and a bucket and say, you know, I can I can take care of this pole. I know what to do. Well, no, you don't. Um, I've learned that the hard way over the years that there are too many people out there who claim that they can service uh, pools who really shouldn't be servicing pools. I mean, I know that that all of us with talking pools, we all have our own little areas of expertise and we've all uh, heard the horror stories and actually have witnessed and seen the results of these so-called people who claim they know what they're doing, you know, and have no education, have no idea what to do. We, we've seen that. And more often than not, it's going to cost the, the, the owner's uh, the properties more money to fix than it would have been just to take care of it in the first place. And that's, that's an unfortunate reality. You're going to see a lot more of that uh, as, as we move on, I guess uh, it, it's just, it's just a, a really big problem. So, so what, what's the solution? And I, I, I kind of have been throwing it in your face this whole time is that I can't stress the importance of education and of obtaining certifications if it's within your your ability to do so, to, to show the world, hey, you know, I went through X course um, to learn how to do Y. And because of that, now I now have, you know, verification that, that I kind of know the basics, but I, I might even know a little bit more to to help solve a problem. And that's invaluable. I know I always like seeing uh, when I drive around and I see the, the the pool service trucks and vans, and if I see the, the you know, CPO certified or or some other certification, uh, you know, on a, on a wrap of a truck or, or whatnot, this little smile comes to my face because, yeah, it was probably part of that. And um, it, it's, it's just that extra little badge of honor that you can very proudly promote uh, to your customers that, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good to go. I know what I'm doing, knock on wood, uh, and I can, I can solve your problem. I can be your guy or gal. So again, it, 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 and I know I'm beating this to death, that horse to death thing, but education is my big thing. So every opportunity you have to obtain knowledge. Um, and, and, you know, you can even extend this beyond the pool and spa industry too. It's not just, you know, learning how to add chemicals or learning how to, you know, replace a pump or, you know, all of the, all of the stuff that, that we as pool people 
um, you know, encounter uh, pretty much every day. It's 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 more of a of a, a learning experience because if you, if you if you stop learning, then you know why why worry about anything else? You know, it it, it life is a constant uh, empty chalkboard, and you fill it up, you retain it, you erase it, and then you start off with something new, and that's what to me education is all about. So uh, to kind of sum up everything for today, this is this is the first broadcast for me. So I uh, hope I did okay by you guys and I didn't ramble too much on. Uh, in the future, what I kind of plan to do is, is look at all of the individual tests that are being done out in the field. Um, and for each broadcast, we'll concentrate on one mostly. It's like we'll do a broadcast about pH and one about alkalinity, one about metals, one about phosphates, you know, uh, everything else. So that we've covered mostly any kind of test and testing method that you might become involved with. So with that all being said, guys at Talking Pools, thank you for the opportunity for doing this. And I'll be talking at you next week. Take care. Bye. I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 